This is the Champion Forum Podcast with Jeff Hancher, the forum for leaders, champions, and dreamers. Welcome back, everyone, to the Champion Forum Podcast. I am your host, your biggest fan, Jeff Hancher. I wanted to talk today about the subject of can't do versus won't do. Why I wanted to talk about this subject is I have been doing quite a bit of work with our performance management workshops. I have found in all of my years of leadership, all of my years uh, sitting in succession planning meetings, that the top two things that consistently hold leaders back is that of challenging leadership or performance management, holding people accountable, and emotional intelligence. And I would tell you it's in that order. I can tell you that there has been countless leaders that have hit the ceiling too early because of their unwillingness to hold people accountable and to challenge. But as I have these topics so much with leaders and in these workshops about performance management, one thing that always comes up is the can't do versus the won't do. This is an important thing to uncover as a leader because it's going to help us gravitate towards how we can best lead people. You know, a can't do and a won't do are vastly different, and they need to be led differently. Why I wanted to bring this subject up again is not only because it's something that I teach on quite a bit, but it also came up in a recent discussion that I had with some emerging leaders at a a lunch meeting. And in this discussion with these leaders, they, they had began discussing their frustration in dealing with people that are underperforming. And this can be a, a, a hot topic for most leaders. You know, when you gather around with other leaders, typically you're trying to solve problems. Where are the challenges? And inevitably, in these circles, in these conversations that I'm a part of, typically leaders feel compelled to tell me what their biggest problems are, hoping that I'm going to be able to help them to navigate it. And this specific day, the topic of underperforming employees was the topic of the day. They began telling stories of these underperformers that were on their team. Many of them had determined that the root causes were things like lack of passion, lack of attention to detail, laziness, and on and on and on. And I'm just sitting there, I'm observing, I'm listening, I'm letting them, you know, blow their steam. And then when things kind of got quiet, I simply asked the group this question. How did you come about validating your assumptions? Lack of passion, lack of attention to detail, laziness, and all these things. How did you validate these assumptions? In this moment, when I simply asked a question, I wasn't giving feedback. I wasn't giving leadership advice. I was just asking a question you could literally start seeing the light bulbs go off above their heads. This is when I began explaining to the group the difference between a can't do and a won't do. Just a few days beyond that meeting, I came across an article that had the same theme, and I saw it as a sign, as a topic that was meant to be on this show. Anytime you lead people, you will at some point experience some level of performance issues. It is inevitable. And why it's inevitable is because people are not robots. 
where where you can just take a, a bad part from a robot and replace it, and the machine goes right back to functioning the way it was intended to function. People, as you know, are much more complicated than machinery. One of the challenges in leadership is identifying what is the root cause of the underperformance. And if you fail at doing this, you may be coaching through a symptom of an issue that's not relevant to making the proper correction. This leaves you frustrated and it leaves your team frustrated. Poor performance at its very root can fall into really two main categories. The employee won't do the job or the task or the employee can't do the job or the task. Our job as a leader is determining which category the problem falls into and this will lead to the proper strategy for improving the underperformance. We only then, when we figure out if it's a won't do or a can't do, then we apply the feedback, the training, whatever it might be. Most often, the remedies for can't do, they fall on you, the leader. So it's useless to discipline the employee or bring some harsh discussion for accountability if it's a can't do. Because in the can't do, you either probably didn't train them well, you didn't onboard them well, or you put them in the wrong job. Either way, like you got to own that as a leader. The essence is that they are not able to do the job because of an issue beyond their control. Most times leaders won't acknowledge this because it involves them providing something that's necessary for the person to do the job. And that usually involves time, resources, money, and all of these other things. I'm going to give you some very some reasons that an employee is going to fall into a can't do and won't do categories. Employees can't do the job often because one, they were never trained to do it properly. They may have even been hired with the leader knowing that they were not fully competent and would need some level of training. Almost every candidate that we hire is told that they will be provided hands-on training or training opportunities for them to learn and grow. We tell them this in the interview. If this is overlooked and the beginner phase is over, things can get messy very quickly as you're trying to get this person from enthusiastic beginner to peak performer. The leader is frustrated because of performance issues, and the employee is frustrated because they feel ill-equipped to do the job well. The second thing is not having the adequate tools or equipment to do the job. If the employee needs equipment to produce a product or a service, the leader needs to be certain that they have it. Not only do they need the equipment, but it has to be functioning properly. This is an area often missed as a result of the leader lacking a process to ensure that it's done consistently. If you as a leader have ever had this happen to you, you may want to consider a new hire checklist or what we call onboarding. My team has helped many, many organizations with this. We go in, they tell us the root of the problem. Jeff, the root of the problem is we have very high year one turnover. People just aren't getting it done. And they start blaming the people that are quitting. I can promise you, if your year one turnover is high, it's your problem. You either have a bad hiring process or you have a horrible onboarding process. Either way, if this is consistent, you got to consider a new hire checklist and you got to tighten up your onboarding process. This is going to help you ensure that the new employee gets the proper equipment, 
upon starting in their role, whether that's PPE, a new computer, the right uniform, whatever this thing, training, whatever it is, we got to make sure that we're equipping them to do the very things that we're asking them to do. However, this alone isn't even enough. You should be adding some level of an audit system to your ongoing routine to ensure it is sustained for long-term success. This is not an area that you can get right some of the time. You need to get it right all of the time as a leader. Because here's what we know about hiring. When you're 100% sure, you're going to be 60% right. Man, those are not good odds, but that's even when you're doing it well. How much more frustrating is it to you and the employee if we're not putting these processes in place? The third thing that's going to lead uh, that you need to be thinking about of why somebody would fall into the can't do category is being understaffed. And this is probably something that many of you listening are facing as you're hearing this message. When you simply do not have enough people for the work that needs to be done, you are setting your team up to fail. This is something that you need to constantly be evaluating. Just because you did it in the past with 10 employees doesn't mean that you can do it now with 10 employees. This can also uh, be caused by a spike in demand. Demands change. They could change throughout the day in some cases. My wife owns a donut shop. And this type of thing can happen without any notice where, you know, 15 cars show up after somebody's baseball game or whatever it might be. She's going to staff based off of trends of her business and what normal looks like. However, there are times when they may get a very large call-in order or an abnormally large group of people that stop by, and this can have the potential to create challenges if not managed well and, and having a very healthy dialogue with your team. This is going to happen to everybody at some level. Occasionally, every business gets hit with a spike of unexpected business. But if the employees are working at 100%, and they're still unable to handle the workload, the leader may need to evaluate their options. And right now, with the labor market the way that it is, I can tell you this. Out of every client that I am currently serving, there is not a single client that I have that is not looking to hire. A hundred percent of my client base is looking to hire. So most likely, you're falling into that boat as well. Have you ever stopped to think, what is that doing to my current team that's left? Are they able to keep up with demand? Do we keep just cracking the whip? Are we pushing our employees into a can't-do scenario? The first to look at, at this is whether or not you need to increase your staffing. The second is to allow staff to work more hours. But we can't keep expecting high demand of customers and, and putting our team up to fail. If we continue to do this, not only are we setting our team up to be in a can't-do role, but your, your likelihood for turnover is also increasing by the day. It's very important to know that if you decide to ignore this, it is going to result in lost customers and at best disgruntled employees. But most likely in today's market, it's going to result in high turnover and it simply can't be ignored. The fourth thing that can lead to a can't do is that there's a lack of communication. Have you ever heard the saying that there are too many chiefs and not enough Indians? 
This basically means that you may have too many people giving orders and the message to the employee can get very confusing, very polluted. They don't know who to listen to. They don't know who to have ears for. Employees can't take direction from multiple people at the same time. And this can often happen when there are multiple people in different types of roles that are tasked with the training and the development of people. However, an even bigger issue is when no one is giving direction to the employee, and then the employee gets reprimanded for not doing anything at all. And boy, is this a frustrating thing. Don't get too high on your horse, leader, to think that this might not be happening. Sometimes as the leader and the chief and the person in charge calling the shots, we're always putting blame on the employee for underperformance. A best practice would be to rally everyone that may impact employee function and expectations and get on the same page especially in the onboarding process. The onboarding process, not always, but I would say typically, it means that there are going to be multiple people. You may have some people that serve as a training function. You, the leader, maybe HR, all of these different things. Get on the same page with these folks. Make sure that your employee knows who are they receiving orders from and what does that look like. Determine the what and the who and make this a part of standard operating procedure. This not only affords a great impression to the employee, but it's also going to minimize stress with the leadership team as well. So that's a little bit about can't do. Let's now talk about this won't do category. And boy, is this something that can make a leader's blood pressure go up rapidly. This is where you have that employee that is given all they need to do the job, and they just simply won't do it. They refuse to do it. Here's some possibilities I want you to think about as to why an employee won't do the job. The first thing, they might just be lazy. And look, that might be like, well, Jeff, that's the most simple answer I've heard yet. Listen, I've been there where you can't train lazy. It is what it is. The remedy for this is never training because the problem is not that they don't know. The problem is that they won't do. And even worse, in some cases, they don't care. When leaders fail to identify this, they're wasting their training dollars trying to retrain those employees who will never do the job or who will do the job as long as somebody is watching them. We call this compliance-driven leadership. When you're there, it gets done. When you're not, it doesn't. This may be a sign of laziness. However, the second these people aren't watched, boom, they revert right back to doing nothing. This is something that has to be dealt with swiftly. The second thing that could lead uh, to this dynamic of the won't do category is that they just don't want to do the job. Sometimes people simply don't like the job. They feel that they're overqualified for the position that they're in, and, and it's, a, it's kind of beneath them maybe to do it. Or they just simply don't like it. It's a bad fit. To address these situations, it's going to involve some tough discussions, some accountability, and in some cases, even progressive discipline. But I can assure you, if this is not corrected in a reasonable time and it goes unaddressed, it's ultimately going to lead to termination. 
This is something that you don't want to waste time on and you want to get in early. If you see a won't do, do not look past it. Always remember, any level of accountability and discipline, is it, our best attempt is to coach up. But listen, we can't control how people receive feedback, how they receive accountability, and how they receive discipline. We can't control how they respond, but we can always control how we deliver. You have to deliver swiftly when you see a won't do. Although termination, at times, it is needed. It's very costly to the business. Coach your people up when possible, but also be swift to coach them out when you need to. Sometimes employees just were not meant for the job. If you find this scenario becoming a trend in your organization, it's likely that you need to reevaluate your hiring process. Don't become the leader that has a brand that anytime somebody does something a little bit sideways, you just fire them, fire them, fire them. That is not helping your culture. It is not helping your brand. If you have high turnover pending your industry, you've got to look at your hiring process and you have to, you have to really look, how am I truly endearing and engaging my people? Selecting the right employees and providing them with what they need to do the job is imperative to minimize these issues. Before addressing a performance issue, you as the leader have to always ask yourself this, is this a can't do or is it a won't do? By investing time to make this determination, it's going to give you the very best odds of driving increased productivity of your people. And the other thing that it's going to do for you, it's going to safeguard your leadership brand. You do not want to have a brand of a leader that just carries around a big stick and makes people bleed. I'm all about hire slow and fire fast when need be. However, the goal should never be to fire. The goal should be to get people in proper placement, and the goal should be to always incrementally improve them. I hope this message serves you well as you continue to lead your teams. Performance management is at the heart of every great leader. Don't fall victim to the very things that I opened up this episode with, which was falling victim to the one of two things that are going to hold a leader back. One, emotional intelligence that we've talked a lot about on this show, but what we're talking about today as well is challenging leadership, holding folks accountable. Before you just run in with your assumptions, like those leaders did at that lunch table meeting, and talked about they were lazy, that there was lack of passion, that there was lack of attention to detail. That's very easy to say as a leader, but you got to get to the root of what this is. Before you go trying to fix something as a leader, when performance is down, ask yourself, is this a can't do or is it a won't do? And lead appropriately through the challenges. The challenges of underperformance are inevitable. And like I said before, we are, not, we are not managing robots. We can't just take out the parts we don't like and replace them with other parts. We've got to lead people. You manage process, you lead people. We have to lead people to their fullest potential. Potential. That's what great leaders do. I hope this message serves you well. Keep leading your people. Keep showing them incremental improvement and keep building the culture that you need to perform. And never forget, 
you all have been set up to be champions in this life. The Champion Forum Podcast with Jeff Hancher. Lead. Inspire. Win. Win.